Hi, you're listening to Talk CXO Life. And in this edition, we are featuring the story of a CXO who refused to rely on magic pills to bail him out of a health crisis, but instead claimed his freedom by putting his legs and his will to good use. By running, of course, he not only disproved his physician's outlook, but transformed into an avid marathoner and is now a runner for life. So get set to meet Anindo Ganguly, Director and Delivery Leader, DXE Technology UK. Now, Anindo has worked with some of the biggest IT giants in leadership roles with Infosys, UK, Saskim, Bipro Technologies, among others. Now, given his stellar credentials and his simple, no-nonsense, bespectacled look, one might presume he's a stereotypically serious IT nerd. Hmm. But appearances are known to be deceptive, isn't it? My conversation with Anindur unravels not only his grit and focus as we track his journey from living an unhealthy lifestyle to transforming into a besotted runner, or the way he tackled challenges leading teams, large teams at that, across continents during the lockdown. But it also reveals his funny, humorous and playful side. Anindur's passion for running is evident as we discuss almost every factor related to running. And though, yes, it is the longest we've dwelled on running, yet it is one of the breeziest conversations. It's also quite special as we so near the season finale of the Toxic Life series. So go on, grab those pair of shoes. Quite sure you'll be motivated to go for that run once you listen to this. Hi, Anindu. Hi. Welcome to the Talk CXO Life series. Thank you. And I'm so glad to have you here. It's been ages, I think, since we are planning this. <laughs> you know, remote podcasting had been screaming into our faces for so long. Mm. And for, unfortunately, for some reasons or the other, we were just not able to get past that many hurdles, in fact, technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, it's here during these COVID times, I think, when everyone is begging for, uh, you know, virtual spaces to connect and I'm glad that we finally have this, get, you know, we kick-started this with you in London, in UK somewhere. Given the context uh, and such critical times, it would be nice to understand how is it that leaders have really been um, handling the situation so far, professionally, uh, even personally, and what are the challenges? So I'd like to begin by asking you, how have you been faring, coping, first of all, um, you know, with this global crisis from the point of view of, you know, uh, managing a team, the business, uh, your role as a leader? Of course, with this current situation, what has been a big change for all of us is we are all working from home. So I used to spend, I used to work uh, in London four days a week, uh, which meant I had to travel a lot. Uh, It took me an hour and a half to get to London and an hour and a half to get back. Uh, So three hours spent on traveling. That's gone now, right? So basically what it has of course, translated into is uh, more time for work. Uh, but that's not unique to me. And I see mm. that as a common thing for everybody. Almost everybody yeah. is putting in more hours. I think the pr- problem that is also happening is we see that a lot of businesses are being impacted because of this COVID-19 mm. situation. Many projects are coming to a standstill. Result is that, uh, you know, even uh, in the sector that I am in, which is IT, we are also having a lot of problems because business, you know, business, our customers are winding down business. They're stopping projects. Uh, mm. It's impact on us. 
and as a result i i have a lot of colleagues of mine who uh, who are losing jobs right mm, so true. so it, it's 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 a trying time for all of us uh, mm. having said that the ch- kind of challenges that i see mostly right now is uh, you know i have global teams i manage global teams actually. true that's what and, yeah uh, uh, that's teams in uk us germany japan hong kong every, you know all over the globe uh, i have a big team in india I think the biggest change that I saw was in my team in India. I'm more a few thousand people there, and mm. when they started working from home, it was a big change for them because right. one of the things that we saw was internet connectivity was a massive problem. Sure, right? true. Um, mm. uh, the second thing was, if I looked at it, you know, people did not have; we, they were not used to working from home, right? They mm. had families, children, you know. Probably on a day, on one day, you might right. out of your dining table, right? And set up your laptop there and work exactly. from there. everybody needs a separate room to operate in right. everybody needs a laptop to work from you know sure. uh, so internet connectivity has become, was sure. a big challenge which i saw other challenges which we saw was um, the fact that we are not i felt were not getting connected to other folks you know when you work mm-hmm. in a team you actually work in a team right you get the support of everybody you support others you are able to you know go grab a coffee with somebody discuss a issue discuss a problem uh, something which may be work related something which may not be work related i'm sure you know you have your right. friends and you you know want to go when you at work you go out and you uh, you know have a cup of coffee and talk about sure. something which is personal but but it helps you uh, you know relax right uh, right unwind and unwind yeah. right uh, and and that's not happening right uh, so that was a ch- different challenge that i saw the third was i i also see that uh, big problem is uh, you know people are only talking on phones you know uh, i love mm-hmm. love to connect with people face to face when i say face to face i should be able to look into the eye and speak to you right mm-hmm. and 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 uh, that has a different meaning to it because True. you know talking on the phone i talk something and somebody yeah. says something it it is uh, the level of commitment is different on on the mm-hmm. phone versus when you are talking physically in front of a person if you say to a person that i'm going to do this the, it has a significance it has a meaning which is beyond what you do over a telephone i feel right and mm-hmm. i think that that goes down as well so mm-hmm. a couple of things that we needed really to work on was how do we ensure that our people we communicate more and we communicate uh not more in terms of content but in terms of mm-hmm. you know what we want to tell them clearly and precisely so that they can understand because like i told you many times you talk to your peer or talk to your manager and find out what is happening what happened there those things those conversations have should not stop so right. I, i think we need to increase that and and that needs to happen and the second thing is you know as leaders or as people working with other people we appreciate others but we don't appreciate enough and this mm. situation we need to do that much more i think uh, if, if because so the if human we, connect exactly the human connect has to increase because if you don't do that then it's it's you know uh, you know people are people right so they will uh, they will have problems in life right and if they are not yeah. able to talk through them you know talk to their work colleagues or whether it's related to work or not work i mean they need to talk and you need to give them avenues where they can you know speak to others and kind of unwind yeah, and open up more hmm. channels i think of communication and uh, even engagement i think what you're talking of in terms of employee engagement will take such a different level also right i mean right yeah. now so in fact for example we we had situations with starters right people who are joining the company so tra- training inductions right how do you get right. the, get that person a laptop he lives in some mm. part 
India say you know how sure. do you get mm. the laptop to him how does he have access to because you have this VPN and all of this stuff right any right. new person joining needs to sign up so many documents for HR right then mm. uh, he needs to know how should he claim his uh, you know uh, insurance healthcare all mm. all of that needs to be signed off you know uh, he needs to get his access to his mobile phone etc so mm. it's massive challenge and especially more so when you are talking about graduates that you hire you know experienced people come in they know what of to course. do of course yeah but when you talk been through that <laughs> multiple times like mm. right? you're changing mm. job then you know what you mm. need uh, to operate right and you talk to your manager and you find out you know how can i get my mobile done or whatever right uh, and he he or she will let you know but when you're talking about college graduates who come in who who have absolutely no experience right uh, mm. of in many cases uh when they come just from university join you they have high they just out of college right <laughs> they have high expectations right uh sure. and 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 from day one they have to work from home i i i am i'm mm. still trying to uh you know get my teams organized on seeing how are we measuring their performance or how are we measuring mm. their training you know uh, they're, le- they're learning actually so we are putting together mentorship uh, you know we need everybody to have a separate mentor who they can talk to you know we have to find a way to measure their performance so that they know they are being measured on a day to day basis mm. right uh, we need to have proper peer trainings for them so that they know their skills are getting developed they are learning new things so there are so many things which need to change and i think all most organizations are struggling with this or rather i should say they are transforming themselves to kind of work in this new world right and uh, and and those are the challenges that we see now do you think these changes are there to stay for much absolutely. longer absolutely i i feel uh, you know in a way it's an opportunity also right i mean absolutely. you can hire from across the world without even looking at the physical location once you have it set yes so the reason why even if you look at organizations right if you look at the indian it market right it grew from what we call as offshoring or beshoring or whatever you right. but uh, the whole concept was lies on the fact that there are certain you know, amount of people you have at uh, you know this high cost countries US, US UK right. Germany whatever and yeah. and then you have people who work out of places mm. like India the Philippines Vietnam right. uh, you know east east europe uh, you know people who probably are uh, you know their salaries are lesser now the reason why i am working in the uk or somebody else is working in the uk is essentially because we have the relationship with the customer mm. now if i am not going and meeting the customer at his workplace right. am i actually required to work out of this location mm. so right. what i'm trying to get to is so yes there has been this thing about offshoring and uh, mm. you know, what is the right mix of uh, you know how many people you need to have what percentage of people should be in uh, closer to the customer what percentage of people should be from working from a delivery center in philippines or india or wherever i think those those numbers are also going to change because customer is not going to go to his office you are not going to go to the customer's office if you're going to be communicating speaking to the customer mostly on 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 a video chat like this you know maybe once a year or twice a year you might fly down to the customer's office and meet meet up with him you know but apart from that most calls are going to happen like this and if that's going to happen then you know again the i think this world is going to change again more a lot mm-hmm. of work going to go to places like india and uh, and i and i feel that's uh, definitely going to happen the other thing which, which i see as a change which is happening is uh, the focus on business continuity business continuity was always a you know a fad mm-hmm. you know people like to say that they have a bcp plan 
you know, the continuity plan. But uh, reality is very different in most cases, right? I mm. think seriousness of that has certainly come uh, right. so much more important. It has become so much more important because today businesses have stopped. You know, right. you see that all around you, right? Uh, right. If you look at the retail market, right? Uh, you know, your no- normal, uh, uh, your normal high street shops. Hmm. I think they True. No, not many of them are going to survive this, you know, and then we'll so have, many industries. Yeah. So the world is going to a transformation, massive transformation. And I think it is all going to change. You can't call it the industrial revolution, but it is definitely a <laughs> revolution which is happening right now. And uh, over the next 10 years, uh, we'll see hmm. you know, everything change. Initially, uh, you have spoken about uh, how, and it is true, that since you're not traveling to work anymore and uh, you're all working out of virtual spaces, we have more time to work. (laughs) But what about our time to play then? You know, uh, do we feel, should we feel guilty (laughs) to play? Uh, And how much of, you know, it's like, okay, you're anyway working from home, so you don't really need to chill, you know? Where does this whole me time, where does it come from? Has there been, what? What are the challenges you see there? I think that's a big challenge. And even mm. at the personal level, I'm seeing that, right? I told you, right? I right. just travel three hours True. a day. Now that's gone. Right. Uh, <laughs> does that mean I have three hours of spare time? No, that doesn't actually mm. translate to that. It means that I have more time and therefore I am kind of working more. But the fact remains that I see other people also working more. Okay. And, and that, that's the problem because oh, a bigger problem is that the, this is the vacation time. If, if I look at the UK or Germany or all of this, country, right? right, this is the vacation time, even in India. So what happens? You can't go outside the, your house. So what if, even if you take, everyone a break, knows you're available. <laughs> knows you are available. <laughs> even if you want to take a break, uh, right. Of right. two weeks, what will you do? You'll stay at home. Right. Okay. You will not do anything beyond that. So that's why what people are doing are they are not taking their breaks. That doesn't help, actually. I think uh, more, more, not just because it doesn't help that individual, but it also doesn't help the organization. Because ultimately, if you're not taking your breaks, what happens is you get tired. You, mm. you will, like you said, get burnt out. Right. Mm. So it's very important, I think, that people take breaks. And... Uh, and that's why I'm also trying to take these breaks, you know, one or two days a month. Mm. Uh, I'm take, trying to take, a, you know, a day or two off uh, because I know I will not be able to take my vacations this year. Mm. Okay. And last year I was not able to. So I thought I might as well take a few days off because it helps me unwind. And yes, I will have a lot of catching up to do in terms of emails, etc. But, un- you know, at least what it does is it stops you take, joining all those uh, meetings and conference calls, etc. You know, and so you have more time with you. The other thing which is important and which which is fairly important for me and I, I encourage everybody to do that is have a good hobby because ultimately you need that me time because if you don't have that me time, then you'll never be able to do great work either. And why it's important, I think that you must do it because you're a leader and but when you do it, perhaps the others that you're, I mean, a junior to you will have the courage to also get up and say, you know what, I'm suffering from a burnout and even I just need a couple of days off. Otherwise, you just see the boss working and working and they're like, okay, that's, oh, you know, if he works, this. I've got to work. <laughs> you're absolutely correct on this. And I think that's, that's important that, yes, I like to lead from by example. Uh, and that's why I try to put more effort, more work we should also pass the same message to the team that they need to take a day off. Mm. They need to take a couple of days off. In fact, I, in my weekly meetings, which I have with my direct reports, I 
generally say that you you got to do this you got to take time off since we are now finally at running and you know the place where we are supposed to thrive <laughs> how is your running going so far how have you managed <laughs> i was working here for a long time in in the uk mm-hmm. and, and then i went back to india in the uk i was running on my own uh, and then when i went back to india it became more of a social running you know what what i mean by social running we used to run i Groups joined a running you were joined yeah, a running yeah, i joined Spiders, a run- no i used to run for some uh, group called runners high uh, in bangalore okay, okay so okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, i used to run with them i ran with them for 3 4 years so when you run in a social group it's it's completely different right the social <laughs> thing takes over completely right, <laughs> right. And, you know it's all about okay uh, you know you you need to somebody needs to so i used to do all of this right taking all the people in my car to uh, you know a said location because especially when we can oh used to go for you know long runs outside Just, the town, yeah right uphill runs and yeah, all, all the other things training, yeah. and the long yeah. distance runs we used to do that mm. right? and then on the weekdays also i used to collect people so you have a responsibility that you know at this time in the morning you have to go and pick up this person that person will be standing under the tree so all of that so you you mm. know it can't be right in the morning you wake up and you say oh, you know what i am not going running mm. today that's not going to happen so whether right. you have a few drinks you still have to wake up and go Right? You know, one bugger is there who <laughs> might be putting his shoes on and running. You'll be sleeping. You don't want to do that. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so it, was so right. it was completely different. Then I came back to the mm-hmm. UK. And now it's completely different because I I can't make it a social thing because uh, what happens is right. social means you have to know what is the time when you're going to go running. And mm-hmm. you have to have the set times, right? Weekends, I'm going to run at between, say, six o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock in the morning, or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Right. And I, I am right now in that situation where it's very difficult for me to uh, define what is the right time, whether it's going to be morning, evening, you know, mm-hmm. what time of the day am I going to run? So, so now I do my own running. So I again mm-hmm. have started running on my own. but a good thing about all of this is because those 3 hours of travel has come down right because earlier i used to you know leave from home at 6:30 in the morning mm-hmm. and come back by 8:30 and then have dinner and then sometimes go out for running right late right. in the night i don't have to do that now anymore so uh, that additional 3 hours gives me some more time to run so i generally run about 3 mm-hmm. or 4 days a week right so i i i think the good one thing good thing which has happened is my running has become better as a result of that yes it okay wow okay <laughs> how many kilometers do you try to clock uh, now it is I, more I, in terms of variation i'm not preparing for a marathon so uh, right. i generally you know every every month i run at least half one half mm-hmm. so i generally run between uh, uh, every saturday i do between 16 to 24 28 kilometers yeah i was going to ask you since there's no marathons now all the runners are like, there's no goals <laughs> <laughs> how but, they, how has it changed yeah so i, I have a very you know uh, i like to record my times and everything right i'm very particular about all that so i i need to upload my times all the time right so so uh, so in, in spite of the fact that there is no marathons and half marathons not where you are running with everybody else mm-hmm. but so uh, self driven yeah mental satisfaction <laughs> that i completed at least a half today, right right So yeah, you have uh, those gadgets, uh, running yeah, ga- uh, gadgets, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I like it. I'm particular about my timing and all of that. So yes. Right. 
Sorry. How do you begin running? Because we've been talking about all of this. But I want to know, uh, every person has got this story. You know, how you began, how they began running. Usually it is losing weight or it is curiosity. <laughs> or, you know, it's some other friend who just pulls you along and says that, Chal aja, you know, it's fun. Why don't you just run? <laughs> so, what I've, was it for I've, you? I've got an interesting story as well, right? But okay. I'll have to build up to that, right? So Yes, 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 of course. I think in 2008... Right. Uh, I was quite bloated. You know, I, I used to work a lot. Uh, yeah, IT and all of that. I can IT, understand. Overnight. Overnight. Mm, I was mm-hmm. hours like that. And and uh, basically very unhealthy, uh, you know, a lot of red meat uh, and stuff and all. So for a vacation, I went to Calcutta. And mm-hmm. my wife decided that the two of us need to go and do a full body checkup. So I had to go through that. So I went to this hospital and I went to meet the mm-hmm. doctor. Got all the checks done, and he said, "Oh, your cholesterol is high, your uric acid is high, your <laughs> high. So all all sorts of things, right?" And right. and he said, uh, "So I'm giving you these pills." So I said, "What are these?" He said, "These are miracle pills. They will do wonders for you." I said, "What will they do?" He said, uh, "You know, they will keep your cholesterol in check and all of that." I said, "Fantastic." I said, uh, "So how long do I have to take them?" So he said, "No, no, you have to take them all your life." <laughs> Lifelong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to take anything on my life. So then the two of us had a lot of philosophical argument. When I say philosophical, as in, you know, he was trying to convince me that you, you, you IT guys, you don't, you don't understand the, how your body works. I know, I'm a doctor, I understand it, and all of that. So we mm. had a lot of conversation, and I said I'm going to change my entire lifestyle, and I will bring this under control. So mm. he finally he said, okay, I'll give you three months. You try and do all of that. If after three months you go and visit a doctor in the UK, and if he agrees, then great. So I came back and all convinced that I'm going to change my lifestyle. So immediately we started. You know, all red meat was brought in control. I had to have a lot of seeds and blueberries and mm. all that. And uh, then I said I've got to go running. I have a friend called Vishal. So Vishal is a great, good marathon runner. So he's been running marathons for years. So he said, I'll register you to the first 10K that we see. And, you know, mm-hmm. so I said, okay, give me a month to practice. And, you know, then by that time, I'll be ready for the 10K. So obviously, I did not practice. And then <laughs> the fateful day came and uh, you know, uh-huh. he said, uh, I'll come and pick you up tomorrow. So my wife said, uh, you know, ambulance bulana padega, heart attack ho <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Please make sure there's an ambulance, otherwise, you can't take so I said, no, wait, I'll go. So I went with him. And then mm. he gave this energy gel. He said, after five kilometers, you have this energy gel. It will give you a lot of energy. And then you can right. do the remaining 5K. So I started the run. In fact, I was running faster than him the first couple of kilometers. <laughs> then obviously, he went ahead. <laughs> he went ahead. <laughs> and I, I, was, uh, I started crawling. Then I asked somebody, where is the water? He said, that's at the 5K mark. So I had to, you know, three kilometers back or two kilometers ahead. So I decided I'll go ahead. So I started continued. Then I saw a group of young girls run past me and I got some encouragement. I started running behind, but they also (laughs) went ahead and I couldn't keep up with them. After five, six kilometers, what happened was, uh, it was a hilly kind of terrain. So whenever it would be uphill, I would walk up Hmm. and downhill, I would run. So there were a group of old people who were running and they were running Hmm. at same steady speed, speed. You know, there was this old lady. So every time uh, it would be downhill, I would cross her, and every mm. time it would be uphill because she's running and I'm walking, she would right. cross. Her. So one of these times, and it was downhill, and I was crossing her. She said, "You know, you are a show off, aren't you?" 
So, it was quite funny. And after that, the last couple of kilometers, she actually ran with me to kind of make sure that I completed the run. So, I completed the race. That was my first run. And obviously, the next day, I had fever. But that oh. was... that was an interesting experience for me and then so where was this very uh, cool on this in in a place called flitic in in the uk yeah okay the uk so a small village uh, in, in south of england that must have been fun yeah it was fun it was good mm-hmm. fun. and then uh, that's when i slowly started running more uh, so was it like i'll see how much did you really fall in love with it what, what was it that really attracted you to that i mean what did you latch on to like it all after i started running i suddenly realized mm-hmm. that you know it helps me with with everything in life you know i i i have more energy i have more you know i'm able to be relaxed when i run and i kind of started enjoying it a lot i mean and then it was because my competitive thing also came in so i started right. thinking what okay if i'm doing a 10k why not a half marathon Mm. I started running a half marathon, then I started thinking, why not a full marathon, not an ultra, and all of that. Great. So, what is uh, what is a run that uh, that you still remember? You know, you know, any um, run as such which is uh, you cherish a lot. Yeah, you... I think two or three runs I really like quite a lot. One was Mumbai marathon I ran in 2012. That was my mm, first okay. Mumbai marathon, mm. and uh, you know the whole experience flying to from Bangalore to Mumbai, mm. book some hotels, some shady hotel. Mm. in mumbai uh, close <laughs> mm. to uh, india gate gateway of india sorry not india gate mm. yeah and uh, then uh, when the day starts it's really dark right and all the yeah, celebrities yeah, start running mm. fast and then you go mm. and then the, when when the sun was rising i was on top of this uh, uh, the ceiling oh wow okay yeah and mm. see the sun rise behind the skyscrapers mm. okay in for the mumbai marathon and everybody stopped and everybody was taking pictures and and then you cross that and then you come and then people start waking up right mm. and then you have all these kids you know with plates with biscuits and sweets and yeah right energy gels and stuff like that mm. it, the enthusiasm you see in the crowd it's really great sure. i i, I mean it's a big difference from Uh, Bangalore, where the running culture was not there at that time. At least, mm-hmm. running culture was not there. The running culture was there, but you know, you did not have a proper race at that time in in Bangalore. That was really wonderful to see. That I liked. Uh, so Mumbai, I really loved. I I did two Mumbai marathons. How many years into it uh, were you in 2012 into running? That was four years already. Four so years. So I started running in 2008. And uh, I think Mumbai was my second marathon which I ran. So full one. Full. I did my first full marathon in 2011, so three years. Mm-hmm. 2008 I started, 2011 I ran my full. That was now that's some form <laughs> in three years to touch 42. Yeah, it's called Kaveri Trail Marathon. It's uh, in a place. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, True. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, then there was one more which I ran in Geneva. Uh, it's called the UNICEF uh, uh, Geneva Marathon, and mm-hmm. it actually runs through uh, your uh, mustard fields. Okay, so you oh, basically okay. start outside Geneva, mm. and you run into Geneva, right? And you run through Mustard. Mm. Beautiful, absolutely. Mm. So, without touching, you know, the countryside and all of that. It's mm. And then yeah, I also yeah. like uh, this uh, last couple of years. I've been running this uh, run called uh, uh, the London Big Half. It's not a full mm. marathon; it's a half marathon. Mm. And it runs in the center of uh, London and uh, mm. in Greenwich. So. Very nice run. 
so i enjoy right. it quite a lot because i and in this one generally i have a lot of friends also who run with me so there's always a level of competition also right <laughs> that's so important isn't it <laughs> So, um, when you um, run, right? Uh, what is that? Was it a run wherein you really wanted to kind of quit? You were just right there. <laughs> that, that, generally, in a in a run, which a race, I don't mm. feel like. Running. Oh yes, I have had one experience. Generally, but generally, I don't like it because my uh, energy and my this thing is passion and all of that kind of kicks in. The adrenaline kicks in, right? So, generally, in a race, I don't have that problem. but sometimes when i'm just doing this practice runs on my own right and i'm running and somewhere some 15 after running some 15 16 kilometers i suddenly think why am i doing this you know hmm. like why don't i just go <laughs> and rest so come once in a while but not too often uh but uh, i had this problem once uh, i was uh, one of these runs i did kauri trail marathon for a few years and one and basically you run past a beside a canal i think about 10 and 1/2 kilometers one way come back and so basically two loops and after a while what happens you and i know you have started running recent uh, some some time back <laughs> yeah you would have realized that after running for a while your uh, you know concentration is not that great right especially mm. after a long distance and i think at some point of time what happened i slipped and oh, the okay. canal uh, you know i was oh at the edge and i slipped and i fell okay. and i fell and i hurt myself and i cut and mm. all over and then i almost felt like giving up you know and uh, and then you know i got up somehow and then i started walking i thought i'll just walk back then mm. i said let me try and run then i started running i still had some blood and all of that but then there was some place somebody was there and they put some water on it and some ointment and then i started running but that was yeah that was one very very i think unique incident which happened in a race where i felt like giving up because i just after that it did not feel great you know that but i still managed to complete that but that, but that was the only one one race where i had that problem otherwise i generally get this tendencies you know when in a hot day when i am running like this right. kind of <laughs> when i'm running outside and right. i'm quite a distance from home and then i decide oh god i'm still i've got still got so much to cover <laughs> so <laughs> really hot and humid has there been any instances uh, instances where you know you um, you see somebody collapsing around you or something i i've been on both sides right uh, so i i ran a ultra there's a something called bangalore ultra which happens you have this mm-hmm. 25 km 50 70 500 and 24 hour run which happens there so i used to run in that right. and wow. uh, no i did not do anything more than 50 just <laughs> just to clarify in my group we were doing 100 right right 100 for our run but basically all of that is a lot of preparation right it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, i don't have that much time i am very interested in doing something like that but uh, you know preparing for a 24 hour run means you have to practice you know 10 hour 14 hour 16 hour runs uh to be prepared to run 24 hours on the race right. but anyway mm-hmm. coming back to this uh so i remember on one of the ultras i had this massive back pain so mm-hmm. and that this is one thing which happens with runners right if you mm-hmm. are only focused on running and you don't do your normal exercises right what will happen is your core will not be strong enough right mm-hmm. there is somebody had told me this right you have these three things strength stamina flexibility Mm. you focus on all three if you focus on only one then mm. the other four compromise mm. and that i think 
happens to many of us runners mm-hmm. right because we start thinking more about stamina all the time mm-hmm. distances without actually working on the core on the core muscles right, right? and uh, and i had this severe back spasm kind of thing and mm-hmm. i was you know i as soon as i completed the race i just fell flat and i was in severe pain and a lot of people helped me out there and similarly i think one year i had uh, a problem with my ankle and i could not mm-hmm. go for uh, mumbai but i had the flight tickets i had the hotels all, all of that done mm-hmm. so i decided i'll become a volunteer so i oh wow okay so basically mm-hmm. all the water bottles and right. flags and all of that mm-hmm. and and the, and the what the pain pain killing gel <laughs> gels and the what the right is mm-hmm. right and and then obviously the whole thing was for my group right there was mm-hmm. a big group of people who were running from runner side in from back who had come but yeah. i mean obviously it was for everybody anybody who had a problem would come and i would be rubbing their legs and you know uh, putting this uh, ointment or whatever so i did that as well so i i think you're right uh, especially when it comes to runners because we go through all of these stages right we ourselves have faced the pain and those problems mm. we know what needs to be done and you know everybody kind of helps out you know i yeah. think runners as a community you know is are very friendly people who help others a lot so how many have you inspired to get into this whole running i don't know I, 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 yeah so my my wife tells everybody if they want to speak about running they should not speak in front of her because <laughs> i can be really boring <laughs> i never stop right so so yeah so i have this problem so we should write a book anand <laughs> i mean uh, this is interesting stories right so like this yeah uh, right being big off and all of that so i have a lot of, <laughs> lot of stories like this and uh, but it, yeah it it can be written but uh, yeah i am not that great a runner so maybe maybe uh, not the show off but <laughs> <laughs> the humble the modest runner <laughs> so how many have you run so there, far there are very few modest runners by the way <laughs> you learn find them <laughs> i can assure you that <laughs> Have you done the world majors so far? Any world majors? No, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, and and basically that's because I'm lazy. Uh, lazy in the sense that you know, for all of doing first is for this world majors. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, Boston I would never qualify. I think three and a half hours I can't do a marathon. The time limit. Three hours, fifteen or three hours, three and a half. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know what what it is. I'll never manage that. Uh, London, for example, it's a lottery. So is it? like me yeah for people like me who cannot qualify f- from a time perspective uh mm-hmm. a lottery which happens and you have to uh, you know either lottery or the other thing is you become a uh, uh, it's a sponsored event right then okay. you 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 get a lot of uh, for a charitable cause you go and spot you know do but you have to do it well in time right and i generally am too mm. lazy to do it in time and ultimately i never get that and and finally i apply for lotteries and so many people apply and you know you get it or you don't i have never got run, yeah, right. never got that <laughs> run in the london marathon so okay that's not happened but yeah pro- but i plan to do a few marathons i was planning this year to do something i was planning to run go to spain uh, possibly ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
and that's not happening now <laughs> so so again let's see how the marathon marathon scene opens up uh, over the next few months if it does uh then yeah. possibly i'll start training for a marathon because i i want to do a full marathon again i haven't run for a full marathon in a while so i want to mm-hmm. do it you again you think this whole uh, running uh, now with this whole covid thing and marathons and everything are coming under question you know big question mark the way people train is going to change in a way when i first mm-hmm. came to the uk right uh, in 2000 at that time i didn't know so many runners right but now it's like so many runners so many races every so weekend so many in fact yeah exactly yeah, every weekend in this country we have a marathon full marathon half marathon 10 kilometers some part of the some at least three or four places it's happening right so any weekend you want to run in a race you can find a race where you want to you can sure. run so so many races happening but now this strange thing which has happened i don't know how it will impact but i'm i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it will have a big impact i have seen so many runs getting cancelled i mm-hmm. was in some run and they are doing a virtual run i think this weekend some some strange thing this concept of virtual run i mean i do virtual mm-hmm. runs all the time <laughs> <Just> running at <laughs> home <laughs> on my own so i <laughs> but they want to medal if i extend my timing so <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter but okay. so but i don't know how the running scene especially this marathons and half marathons which were social mm-hmm. events right yes how exactly how those things will evolve i, I really yeah. i'm not free on that mm-hmm. but we're trying to get a perspective about that let's see yeah but more, <laughs> more people are uh, taking up this sport i think and especially given this covid situation I, at least in the uk that's what i've seen many people who could not go to the gym who mm. could not go to swimming pools yeah that's true they right. have started running uh, so what are some of the best places uh, you like to run I mean uh, I told you about the three uh, two or three essays that I love but uh, over here I live, in, I, I live I live in a town called Reading which is uh, mm. not very far from London mm. and uh, basically you have the Thames which flows uh, past Reading and I love running um, next to the Thames it's it's mm. really beautiful uh, you have swans and yeah, all Yeah I can I can imagine water. yeah <laughs> and 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 it's it's a trail and it's beautiful place to run mm. wonderful place to run. I love running there. Uh, so that's my favorite place here. But uh, uh, I can only go now I have my house is quite a distance from there so only if I'm doing more than 21 kilometers do I go there and come <laughs> back. That's <laughs> the other side of the town. I live in uh, you know I live south of the town and north of the, uh, the other side so you have to mm-hmm. go to the town center and past it to get to the river and then you have to run along the river so it becomes a uh, you know i have to do at least 24 kilometers to do that loop now but but it's wonderful and i do that you know once in a month or once in two months i do that loop and it's that's that's the best place for me to run and what about your shoes and everything i mean are you picky about the shoes that you wear are you have you finally found your favorite brand yeah, of shoes or still I experimenting have, yeah no i don't experiment at all now Uh, so i i have my asics i started with asics and then i started mm-hmm. like uh, other brands and now i'm back to asics and i mm-hmm. i'm not a big fan of uh, barefoot running or minimal um, i was going to ask you this <laughs> and and that that <laughs> right? i have a friend of mine he is in india he is a big uh, he is very much into barefoot running i am not a big fan so i i i need some protection not very very thick but yeah some amount of protection yes 
when i run okay and what about nutrition um is that that should be very important uh, are you very finished uh, yeah yeah so especially okay so few things that i look at especially when when it comes to a, uh, if i'm preparing for a race right or a run uh, as in a, not not my week normal weekend runs but for it i stop taking alcohol for the week i don't mm-hmm. have any alcohol and uh, uh, the last few days before the run i have a lot of carbs i start carb loading uh, pastas and rice and uh, noodles stuff like that and um, the other thing that i generally do after uh, you know any normal runs uh, while i was in india i used to do another thing you know because uh, to in india you sweat a lot so we used mm-hmm. to get this uh, salt uh, capsules so mm-hmm. it has got uh, sodium chloride and potassium chloride right 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 yeah, mm-hmm. so if you get those capsules so for runs we used to have that especially if you're running full marathons you know in the sun you sweat a lot you lose a lot of body salts right, right. so um i used to carry that when when running in the race mm-hmm. and uh, what else uh, yeah I, i made sure that every time i have this weekend run i after i come back i have my protein and carb uh, in 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 my breakfast so for example the saturday runs which are in the morning generally i have that to ensure that you know i have proper protein and carb so these are the kind of things that i do but generally uh, one thing is very important is after any run you know especially slightly longer distances ensure that it's just not water that you're drinking you you have uh, mm. a bit of salt a bit of sugar in it uh, right because right. you lose a lot of salt and if you have just water then sometimes i i used to get headaches mm. because basically the uh, the more water you have the more uh, you know the salt level goes down in your body so ensure that you have that salt right in some so that's why those energy drinks are good so mm-hmm. i don't have energy drinks but uh, before like i told you i used to have those salt capsules while running right oh by the way uh, the cholesterol levels dropped in those three yeah, yeah, yeah. months <laughs> i don't have any health issues but <laughs> but the fact is uh, see i come from a family where you know people have cholesterol high cholesterol so Bengali, I, I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> sweets and food <laughs> so this is just, just that uh, i think uh, so i'm always at the edge you know i don't need medicines but i'm uh, in what they what do they call it boundary they you know mm-hmm. there is some boundaries yeah. i'm always on the boundary so, you know i am i'm ne- never at a place where it's i have to take medicines but you know i'm they say oh you are okay it's all right but uh, okay. i'm not I'm not in the best <laughs> never because of uh, right it's in the blood there's nothing much i can mm-hmm. do <laughs> blame it on the genes so what is one thing you know you're running uh, this whole discovery of running what has it taught you in a way about yourself uh, what have you discovered about yourself which you perhaps wouldn't have if you had not even taken up running yeah so one thing which i told you right i can become a very boring person if you start talking about running too much with me because i never talk right uh, but uh, but uh, one thing which has which it has taught me is that i don't give up very quickly um, but i guess that was there in in me in in any case but uh, you know running has told me that you know i i have gone through so many like you said tough runs right and you go through so such situations that and you if you don't give up then you you know you have that strength within you to mm. do it uh, you know it may take a little longer to get things done 
you may not be able to do it uh, as quickly as possible, but uh, you'll still you'll manage to and get it done. It's all right. You'll, uh, there are times when you get a problem and you feel that it's overwhelming. You cannot get it done, but it's, it's never... It's like a validation of sorts, is it? It is a validation of sorts. And I validate it every week, right? Uh, so, so, you know, you get used to it. It's, it's mm-hmm. not... It's not like uh, it's not like a one-off, right? I did something four years back or five years back. You know, it's, you keep validating it. Right. You keep proving it to yourself every week, mm-hmm. every weekend when you do that run. And I have to do okay. I have to do a twenty-one today, and I have to do it in this time, mm-hmm. right? You and you succeed and do that. You validate it to yourself that you can still do it. The other thing is, uh, running has also taught me a bit of discipline. I used to work a lot, eat whatever I wanted. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Not be bothered about uh, you know that much, but one one thing I found out is when I run more, I uh, control my food more, mm-hmm. and when I let it go, I <laughs> you know I, I don't run. Let or, yourself loose. <laughs> I, I I have a lot of sweets and have a lot of rich food and all of that. Mm-hmm. The more I control my uh, uh, you know, more passionate I get about running, the better I am at controlling my diet. Right. So, uh, in terms of your uh, professional circle, have there been employees, your uh, colleagues who've taken to running, seeing you uh, so obsessed with it? Have you been able to convert? Yes, yes lots, lots of people. So, lots of people in my team uh, have been able to convert, uh, you know, at least for some time. So, mm. there <laughs> I got them, uh, you know, inducted into this uh, running clubs and all of that. And even recently, somebody who who's part of my team, he, mm. uh, he's he's fifty, fifty plus. Okay. He's, oh. he's just started running because he's, mm-hmm. he felt inspired by me and he started. So and the other day he was telling me he's done his first five k in his life. So he was very chuffed about it and uh, happy about it. He said great, and now he's focusing on doing a ten k. So. Mm. I think, yeah, it's good. And I've encouraged a lot of people to get into running. Yeah. So so I think that's what we were talking about in terms of when you're a leader and you have the chance and um, uh, to touch so many people's lives. You know, when somebody looks up to you and he sees or she sees you're working, you know, you have that added dimension as well. It pushes them as well. And I'm sure uh, at your level, since you understand the importance of having that outlet, uh, how encouraging you can also be as a senior, as a leader, you know? Uh, like I said, I love talking about running and I, when I talk to teams, I tell them, you know, follow your passion. You may not be running, you, you mm. like I said, right? It could be anything else. But you, if it's a sport you can do, please do that. If not, do something else. But you right. need to find an outlet, right? You need to be able to do something apart from work. Mm. Because otherwise, it's, it's quite unhealthy otherwise. Yeah, right. So have you read this Born to Run? Um, you're a reader as well. So have you read Born to Run? It's a very... Well, I've read a lot of running books. books. Yeah, I <laughs> read a lot of running books. And yeah, Born to Run was one of the first books uh, that was recommended. Yeah, Some of the things that uh, are taught about in the book are things that I right. talk about, right? Because some people come and tell me that, you know, oh, running is bad for your knees, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's unhealthy. It's You should do brisk walk. You should not do running. And then I uh, give that, uh, there's a particular chapter or chapters about... Uh, yeah, there is. Right. About uh, how the human body was designed right. for long-distance running. Mm-hmm. And I explain to them the whole concept. And I talk about this, I think there was this 
there's the story right he goes uh, the entire story hunting, he goes hunting uh, with uh, this For those. yeah right exactly uh, right That's so exactly. i i give them those stories and i tell them the stories and i explain to them how the human body is actually designed for distance running of course we got to build ourselves to that because those guys were living in wherever yeah. they were living and we are like cooped up in our suburban apartments <laughs> absolutely i agree it takes but, a time <laughs> it, but it just explains it's to not impossible right it's not the impossible. potential of uh, the human body absolutely the and, mind also in fact yeah, yeah. And, and 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 i've seen so many people pick up when i was running in this uh, you know group right in india i saw so many there were few old ladies who joined this it's just mm. they used to do this 400 meter walk uh, in, mm. around the circuit right in the stadium so we used right. to go there on wednesdays or tuesdays rather sorry we used to do some uh, what do you call it sprints and they come and do that and then they started joining the group then they started doing brisk walks then we slowly they started running a little these are ladies who were uh, 60 65 plus they started running a little then they were able to do a whole 400 meters of run then mm-hmm. i yeah. seen them uh, participate in 10k runs they did a lot of walking in that but That's amazing okay. those people those wearing their sarees they were running you know <laughs> it was amazing Uh, so now coming to reading you're an avid reader do you have this uh, thing of okay i finished you know so many books in a day <laughs> you had the philip i was not prepared for the films part <laughs> finishing not not, not any back to back movies <laughs> yeah. yeah back to back movies i still sometimes do but uh, not books anymore i i uh, i go through these phases where i read a lot of books and then i stop reading and then i read a lot of books and i'm right now in that phase where i kind of uh, last one year i have not been reading too many books but okay. again i am trying to get back to that culture but i i i i read a lot of books like i told you mm-hmm. i have read a lot of books and uh, everybody in my family uh, you know my father was a avid reader my mother my sister you know and now my wife mm-hmm. my daughter everybody kind of i can them. see an impressive uh, collection over there right behind you yeah this is small actually <laughs> yeah So I have a much bigger collection in India. I did not get all the I'm books. Sure. So, uh, how are your formative years? My dad was a pilot, uh, of course, and uh, he was very fond of reading. So, and he used to keep, uh, diff, you know, strange timings. Uh, basically, he would fly in the morning. Suddenly, I will come to know when I wake up. Dad had come in the night, and he has flown away. So, uh, he had different hours, right? Uh, very different. Mm-hmm. But uh, so his sleeping pattern was different. So when he would come home, he would. you know go off to sleep and mm-hmm. and he loved to read books so uh, there would be times when i would wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and i will go to the dining table <laughs> and sitting back straight and you know reading a book so what are some of your fondest bee collections i think uh, the fact that i used to live in a military camp right uh, mm-hmm. had, had a bearing on how i am uh, things like every 2 3 years we used to move So and I've been doing that even after I'm in a you know right IT job right uh, I'm not doing job but uh, mm. if I tell you I started in Delhi then I moved to uh, Edinburgh in Scotland mm. went down to Kent in the UK then went to Netherlands came back to UK Reading then from Reading I went Brighton in the UK from Brighton I went to Bangalore mm. uh, from Bangalore I'm uh, I went to Kent again to a different place uh, called Tanbridge Wells, and then from there I'm right. back in Reading. So 
this is you know every few years i travel so uh, that i have continued to do okay uh, I, as i used to do as a kid so my daughter has also kind of got she's gone yeah, to 11th I'm school sure. right uh, as a result so uh, that that is something which has affected me the other thing with what i told you was uh, because i i was brought up in a military camp so everybody was kind of you know military officers quite aggressive right. uh, mm. behavior not aggressive in the sense that uh, yeah. light or something yeah. but driven perhaps driven yeah. guys right mm. so even young bachelors right uh, when my dad was senior officer and we used to get all this whole load of young pilot officers flying officers who would come into the camp for training right they would be flying fighter planes and all of them were you know really charged guys if you give them a bike they are you know riding at really high speeds because there is you know additional drive or energy in them right which 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 is there in all of these guys and that's why the indian air force also picks them up you see it all around you right and as a result it it kinds of uh, you know and all my friends who uh, who are unlike me many of them are in the military right so so yeah, i'm going to ask you that you didn't feel like joining the military my dad was my dad was a pilot and i got classes at a very young age so i knew i couldn't be a pilot oh and right i get to be a pilot then i'm not i was not joining the military and the thing which is surprising is that you had to wait for running to instill discipline to you i thought all military kids would have had you know the kind of upbringing as such yeah i was always driven but i was never uh, i i don't think i was a very disciplined kid i told you right i was very naughty yeah kid. right yeah <laughs> so what was the switch as in something changed i i i think uh, in my final year in engineering is when i switched before that till that time i was a go lucky kind of guy you know i was i would just do about that much what is required to success you know make it to the Get next away. yeah yeah <laughs> that was that was my behavior and that was my attitude in life that hmm. okay so what changed i don't know what changed i i i just thought i got more serious about my life and my i i knew that after engineering i had to get a job and uh, i had to do well in my life because i had so many role models in you know in my family, family everywhere else so i couldn't be a failure so that mm-hmm. fear of failure i think got mm-hmm. bigger with bigger uh, with age and i think i think fear of failure is very strong in me uh, so i think that keeps me motivated and that keeps me driven and that keeps me disciplined now So now if I ask you I mean what does success really mean to you how do you define success I think it's about uh, with everybody has their limits okay mm-hmm. that's the first thing but uh, if I am able to challenge my limits and break those limits and do mm-hmm. you know better within those limits that mm-hmm. for me is success you know and success for somebody might be making money success right. for somebody else maybe you know helping people sure yeah, you know Uh, success for somebody else may be completely different so definition of success will be different based on the kind of person you are or you know the way you are brought up right uh, it it comes from all of that but within that for example you know my in-laws they are professors so if i ask them what is success for them they, they don't it for them it was not about becoming a director of the university right. that was not what was success it was about how many white papers did i publish whatever you dream of whatever you aspire for you should meet your target and you should beat that target i think that's right. what success is and and like mm-hmm. i said it is different for everybody you are a runner you are a leader you are um, 
fairly managed your runs as well as you kept that spark alive in you. Uh, how important is it that even in the current context that we don't lose focus of that, that we still, uh, you know, uh, continue to nourish that one added dimension of ours, you know, which may not be uh, associated with a particular designation. It, it's something that you feed off, you know, the energy rubs off on you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I may do a you know job and I have a job and I manage a big portfolio. Right, and I manage a lot of people, and I right. manage a lot of revenue. But uh, all of that, I can. Do, I feel that I can do all my work better because I run. Mm-hmm. Okay, and 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 I really feel very strongly about it. And I feel like I told you, running gives me a level of discipline. Running helps me to, uh, you know, de-stress, you know, from the work that I do, and mm-hmm. that helps me do my job better, and mm-hmm. it helps me. You know, rest better. It helps me think better. It also brings discipline in my life in the way I eat food, in the way I exercise, uh, in the you know, in the level of concentration I can have in my job. Mm. I think all of that uh, is directly related to the running that I do. Mm. And, uh, and therefore, if, even the current context, even the current situation with, uh, where we are today with the COVID situation, I think it is even more important now to continue right. to do that because like I said, now the stresses are very different from what it was six months back because, you know, so, like it, all of us are mm-hmm. con- constrained within our work, within our home environments, which have become our work environments. So sure. your husband may be working in a different room. You are working in a different room. Right. You may have kids uh, running around you or in a, yeah. I don't know, but uh, essentially what, what it means is you have to balance uh, many, many of us for us work was a way to, you know, focus on something apart from our right. home. For most of us, it has always mm-hmm. been that. Right? You, 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 you have your home and you have your work, and you mm-hmm. try to it separate. But it's no longer possible. It's it's all right. come to uh, into the same right. house, same area, the same vicinity. Mm-hmm. Your husband can possibly hear you talk now, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and and he he probably knows a lot about me as well right now. <laughs> so no, no. <laughs> What I'm trying to, what I'm trying I've to locked get, them all up. <laughs> what I'm trying to get to, that it's, it's, it's now, it, you know, the, that dimension is gone. Where work was different and your home was different. It is now all in the same place. So it's even more important that we de-stress more because earlier, you know, you had, could keep these two dimensions separate, but it's no longer possible. So I'll wrap this up with this question. What would you like to keep alive in you? Oh, this! I would like to keep alive this energy. I think that's very important, right? There are times when you feel that you know uh, you get tired, you feel down. I think all of us go through that at, at mm. times in life, right? But it's all about how quickly you bounce back, right? And uh, you, in those times, it is even more important that you have something apart from your work mm. to help you bounce back. That's right. And uh, because sometimes, you know, work is, you have a failure or two you know, at work and things don't work out the way they, they were supposed to. You bring that to home. And now since you're working from home, you, you stay at home and you bring it home in any case. Yeah. But uh, you need to be able, you know, you need to be able to bounce back. And you need to, mm-hmm. it, it's all about that. Every one of us will be will face failures. But mm-hmm. how quickly you bounce back and how strongly you can bounce back. And and uh, that's where again coming back to my thoughts around running. 
you know, something like running helps me. And I'm sure, you know, all of us have our own ways of uh, our own, own solutions, but yeah, running helps me do that. And I want to keep that going. And that's why in, running is very important for me because that just helps me, you know, keep things in context, keep, keep things balanced in my life. Great, Ananda. Thank you so much for your time. We hope that you get several such runs that you never stop running <laughs> and that you get to write your book on running <laughs> and that you get several uh, good amount of time to get back to that friend and watch that unlimited movies. <laughs> get back to that. <laughs> yeah, we wish you lots of fun and stay safe and happy. <laughs> so thank you, Sunaina. Thank you for the lovely time. And uh, this was a nice conversation. Great. So I uh, wish you all the success and stay safe. Yeah. Yes. All Thank right. you. Hi, Anindo. <laughs> Welcome to Talk CXO Life and the CXO Fun Facts segment. The entire objective is just to have a little fun. Yeah. <laughs> Getting to know you. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, uh, the most favorite cliched question. What's your favorite color? Uh, red. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Finally. <laughs> I'm tired of the blues. <laughs> not really. Okay. Yeah. And uh, do you think that color represents you as well? Uh, I'm not sure. In terms of personality. Yeah, yeah. I think I I like to wear red. Fact is that. And yes, I I think it does to an extent. But I I don't want to say I'm very hot-headed or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) I think it does to an extent, yes. But the go get it. Yes. uh, Uh, So I'm a very driven kind of guy. Uh, Right. Yeah. So So when you run, you're usually in reds? Uh, not really. Uh, I have a red T-shirt, though. I have T-shirts in very many colors, actually. Right. And in the mm-hmm. past, when I used to, uh, you know, when I started running, I used to collect all these T-shirts, you know, you get from different runs, right? So I had a lot of, I have a lot of running T-shirts from my runs. Right. So, yeah, I never. Can you ha- keep it? <laughs> I, I, I have a, <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of them. I still manage to keep them. Yeah. So. The runner's closet. Yes. <laughs> yes. The so, medals and everything that goes. Yeah, there. I was in fact, uh, you know, I was thinking about what, which was the first half I ran, which was the first full I ran, and all of that. I tried to open. A, I have a bag with with all the mm. medals, and I managed to take out all the medals. I could not put it back in the bag, and I managed to break the chain the day before yesterday when I was trying to. <laughs> you know, oh. oh no! <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of medals. So it's it's been a while. So, um, when are you the most joyful? the happiest i have a few good friends and when i travel with them mm-hmm. we have a really good time so yeah oh wonderful that's, then that's really uh, myself the most so tell us an interesting incident when you traveled something hilarious something which uh, left a lasting impression on your mind i don't know whether it was lasting impression but it was uh, so uh, we went to italy and in italy uh, uh-huh. i you know i went to a coffee shop a roadside mm-hmm. coffee shop in a small village right and I thought I will order a coffee. So, mm-hmm. and I thought I will try my Italian. So I said, can I 
have a latte. So this woman takes a glass of milk and gives it to me. <laughs> so that's when I realized that cafe latte versus latte is very different. <laughs> so I told her, uh, no, uh, coffee, coffee. It was really very, this was an a, a, a angry old woman. So she took a, a teaspoon of I was going to coffee. ask you, did she sense a humor? I mean, was she humorous about the entire thing or she gave you that look, you know? She gave you that look. She took a uh, you know, spoon of coffee. Stirred it in the glass and gave it back to me. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so now I know what is the difference between latte and coffee, cafe latte. So yeah. Oh God, great. Okay. Okay. What's one destination that you really want to visit and you haven't been able to do so? I want to see the migration of, you know, in Africa, in Central Africa. Right. Right. So that's mm-hmm. something I, I plan to do. Maybe in a year or two, whenever I have time, when when travel is allowed again. Ah, yeah. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. What so, we are awaiting. Um, this is something that I wanted to do, but I haven't yet managed to do that. Any one thing which has held you in good stead during these COVID times? Any one you've thing? Derived, yeah, mm-hmm. You've derived solace from, or it could be any hobby, it could be an activity, something which has really, you know, helped you unwind. Uh, yeah. So, I, I, running does help me a lot. It helps me to uh, de-stress, I should say, uh, because... Otherwise, I keep thinking about work. And uh, if I don't run for a few days, it's not great. So I find that when I run, I don't think about work at all. So it it really helps me. And that's a hobby that I love. Do you like watching movies? Oh, yes, I do. I was a big movie fanatic before uh, as a kid. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my father was in the Indian Air Force. So we used to live in campuses and in the campus Mm. there was not much entertainment but you know you you had this uh, big projectors would be set and there would be big walls and you Mm -hmm. play movies over there right so i used to watch at least three or four movies a week uh, as a kid wow (laughs) that's a lot of movies right so i i'm pretty sure that in the 80s you know i've seen almost every hindi movie uh, which was uh, probably came out most in the movies till the 80s i would have seen what do you love watching uh, do you like watching B- bengali films i've watched as many bengali movies as i have watched bollywood movies okay, okay. so uh, if you ask me i mean i can tell you a good number of movies that i have seen but i i'm not a proper bong from calcutta so you know so it's oh, that, okay. that's why it's oh, we didn't know that okay <laughs> oh yeah air force i think you'll keep on uh, moving right i mean you're not really yeah all over the country i've traveled all over the country uh, did not have access to uh, bengali mo- some bengali movies but yes i've watched a few i mean not few i've watched a number of them but and what about music well uh, i i like all sorts of, sorts of music i like ghazals i like normal bollywood stuff but the fact is, I uh, I like mostly older older songs from the 60s and the mm, 70s, okay. not after the 90s. I would I can't ask you to sing a song, I guess. No, 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 not really. <laughs> <laughs> your your program rating should go down. <laughs> it's okay, we'll manage that. <laughs> okay, uh, since you're talking of the yesteryears, any punishment you haven't forgotten? Were you a naughty child? Did you get so many punishments? I was very naughty, actually. I was very naughty. Really? Uh, okay. Yes. Mm. Uh, I don't go by my, what I look like. <laughs> I was extremely naughty. I, you know, I've done stuff like uh, tried to cremate a dead frog, which I thought was a dead frog, but uh, uh, we put some twigs and we tried to light fire underneath it and suddenly the frog opened its eyes and jumped out. <laughs> 
<laughs> so then I shot bullets at uh, uh, you know I got an air gun from some somebody else and I mm-hmm. we were shooting all around and then the lady who used to live the, in the next house she came mm-hmm. came to my mother and complained because she had put bed sheets to dry outside and it had holes in it because oh my god so, so <laughs> 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 but, but when it comes to punishment, yeah, I remember. I mean, I used to get a lot of punishments. I spent a lot of time outside the class as a kid. So, yeah. uh, you know, Murga Bano and all of that was quite common. Then, but uh, the worst was there was a teacher. He used to uh, hit us on our knuckles with a with a scale. Uh, uh, we all all had those teachers, <laughs> I think, regardless of what we did. <laughs> so, I, 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 I I don't forget that. That was quite painful. Mm. Okay, so what is your biggest fear? Do you have a fear? On a personal front, if I'm not able to run, that's that's uh, a fear because I, I really love to run. And if I can't run, then uh, like I told you, I, it helps me de-stress and everything else, right? And helps me right. keep fit. That's it. I, I, I think apart from that, I don't have too many fears. Yeah, maybe I, I don't think I have too many fears. Okay. So, and what are some th- uh, three lesser known facts about Anendo? One thing I told you, right? I was a very, very, very not right. not it. I don't think too many people realize that who have not seen me from childhood. Uh, yeah, right now it's something else. You're yeah, yeah. such an innocent yeah, exactly. demeanor. I always had that. Actually. So, and I, <laughs> so anyway, let me not get to that. But uh, the thing is, uh, I'm quite good at quizzing. I'm good at Sudoku. Uh, you know, oh, wow, putting okay. numbers. Mm-hmm. And like I told you, I used to be a movie buff, you know, had seen almost right. movie that a Bollywood movie, movie, old Bollywood movies. Yeah, those are things that people don't know about me. Okay, so we wrap it up with this. Uh, Anindo is, fill in the blanks, how would you like to describe yourself? I'm very driven and I like people who work with me to be, you know. Uh, equally driven. Equally driven. So I, you know, I make make sure that they do. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. So, so like a taskmaster. <laughs> To an extent, yes. But I, I hope okay. I, I make it enjoyable for them as well. I hope I do that. And I think to an extent, possibly I do. So, oh, okay. So this thing gets me uh, one interesting question to my head. Hmm. So in your life at any juncture, was there any person or an incident, you know, which perhaps he or she was a taskmaster? You didn't kind of understand it at that point, but now you kind of see where they're coming from. More than taskmasters, I have had really good leaders who, who right. I worked with. Uh, okay. And and like I said, I I was a good taskmaster, but there are other people who I have found so inspiring, and mm-hmm. I have worked with them, and and they are ex- they were exceptional. You know, I learned a lot from these people. I used to report to a CEO, okay, in a right. company, okay, and this gentleman uh, was the CEO of the company. And so if somebody was coming to visit him, he would come down to the gate of the building, caught the person. So even if this person is is not oh. You know, senior person or whoever it is, right. the CEO of the company comes and takes you from the gate, right, from the door. After that, when you when something like that happens to you, you are like floored, right? Mm, true. Then if you win any deals, he would go around with a bell to every floor, mm-hmm. and you know some of us would be carrying boxes of sweets. He would go around wow. every floor. He would ring the bell and then say, you know, he make that announcement and kind of connect he had with people. Uh, Phenomenal. Who's this gentleman? I mean, would uh, like to know. His name is Anjan Lahiri. He, okay. Uh, he used to. He was one of the founders of Mind Tree. 
and then uh, oh, he okay. of a company called Saskin. I worked with him for for Saskin. Oh, Saskin, right, right. And right. then he after Wipro, I think you joined. Yeah, Bipro, Saskin. Yeah, yeah, and then he also was the CEO of Villa Soft later. There are many other right. people like that. Really good leaders that I worked with. I mean, I wouldn't call, like I said, Taskmaster is not just one. Yeah, everybody can say Taskmaster, but <laughs> it's just right. You need to have a collection of virtues to true. be good. Right, that's true. Not just the taskmaster, but so many things weaved in together. Yeah. But the person, I mean, really, they really respect you, right? I mean, they really want to give the best to you. Absolutely. So right. that's what I meant. That you know, if you have a leader like that, he's so inspirational that mm-hmm. you kind of uh, want to do the best that you can, and that's right. what we need from everybody, right, in our teams. So yeah. True. Rightly said, Anindo. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being a part of CXO Fun Facts. Thank you very much.